Hello everyone, I'm Carrie Conover and welcome to the Educators to Educators podcast. Whether you are listening to this on audio only, on your phone, listening to this as a podcast or watching this video, welcome to the E2E podcast. We are back this season with live interviews. We're gonna be sharing all kinds of teacher tips and today we are going to be talking about why you should start using STEM in your classroom day one, week one. Today I have a special guest, Sarah Weissman. She is a Chicago public school teacher. She knows a lot about STEM. Sarah, welcome to the E2E podcast. Thanks for having me. So excited to have you today, especially as we ramp the E2E podcast back up. We're starting a YouTube channel. I am so excited about the 2022-2023, gosh, school year. Wow. <laughs> and to start off, I well, one of my pet peeves is when you're listening to a podcast and they're introducing the guest and it takes them like 20 minutes to introduce the guest and then there's like three minutes of content. So we're going to not do that. Sarah's ready. She's going to introduce herself to you with the three things that you need to know about Sarah. So Sarah, take it away. Awesome. So three things to know about me. First, I have been teaching for 14 years in Chicago public schools. The second thing, I started a STEM lab in my school from scratch. And the third fun fact is that I used to be a competitive artistic roller skater. Wait, what? A competitive? Uh, yes. Was that kind of like when you think of like figure skating or ice dancing, but like on roller skates? Exactly. And what is wild is I still fit into my costumes from middle school. <laughs> I need to have some kind of a bet with you where like if you lose, you put on your costumes and like get on your roller skates for us. Oh, it, it's like a great Halloween costume to, to, to bring out too. That's amazing. Well, thanks for sharing those fun facts and the fact that you've been in CPS for 14 years. You beat me on my 10 years in Chicago public schools. Um, but I'm so glad you are here today to talk about why we need to use STEM in our classroom right away. And it was so interesting as Sarah and I were preparing for this interview, for this chat, we really started talking about how using STEM can show you, uncover a lot of really great things about your class, and it can uncover some of the weaknesses of your new class and really fast forward the process of getting to know your students. So we'll dive into that in one second. I want to let all of you know, if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you know I'm obsessed with the number three. I like things in threes. There's research that shows kids, adults remember things in threes. And so for the new E2E that we're launching, it's going to be, you're going to think about it as the what, the why, and the how. So right here, all this free content is all going to be about the what and the why, and we're going to give you some of the how. But if you are an E2E member, by the way, E2E membership is $10 a month. You can cancel it anytime. But if you are an E2E member, you need to stick around to the end of this podcast because we have some exclusive content that only members are going to get. And all listeners are going to have access to a freebie. You heard that right? A freebie. So Sarah, let's talk a little bit about what you can do in your classroom, the what behind STEM the first week of a school. What do you mean by that? 
Yeah. So I think oftentimes teachers get a little bit afraid by STEM, thinking that they have to have a lot of materials. They have to have expensive materials. I mean, in my STEAM lab, I honestly, the most used are toilet paper rolls, uh, tape, and like cardboard boxes. So you can totally achieve STEM um, on a budget. You don't have to get wild materials. So I think that that's the first thing for teachers to realize is that they can do it. Um, And then what you can do, you can do such great teamwork challenges. <laughs> um, if you're watching this video, my E2E logo sign just fell yes, off my wall cool. <laughs> and scared the bejeebies out of me, at least. So sorry about that. You were saying, um, I just moved offices and it, it just must not have stuck. But what you were saying was you, most of what you use is toilet paper. What were the other things that you were talking toilet about? Toilet paper rolls, tape, tape, tape. Popsicle sticks. I mean, really basic uh, classroom supplies can be used um, as materials to do any sort of challenge with your students. Awesome. And so the what is really giving students some kind of a fun challenge, right? That's what you're doing. And Mm -hmm. so can you talk a little bit about why you should do this and what it means to be a fun STEM activity versus like go around the room and you know that one where like go around the room and find someone that went to another state this summer. Like what's the difference between that type of an activity and a fun STEM challenge? Yeah. So STEM challenges really get that, get those like 21st century skills going, you know, creativity, critical thinking, um, really thinking outside of the box and also teamwork, especially when you have a new group of students in front of you. It's really nice to see the dynamics of those students. So giving them a challenge that is fun. So they think that they're just doing a a fun little activity, but really um, they're revealing a lot of information about themselves. And you're also introducing STEM and some critical thinking skills and even content like what is criteria and constraints Um, You can also even see like some basic, oh my goodness, we have no idea how to get out materials and put them away. That's going to be on my lesson for next week. Um, So it really provides a lot of insight that I think maybe you wouldn't think of um, immediately when you're like, oh, this is just a fun first week challenge. Yeah, I love the idea that, you know, as teachers, we go in and we have kind of a checklist, okay? I depending on the grade level, but okay, we need to teach our kids how to line up. We need to teach them where the tape goes. We need to teach them where the glue goes. We need to teach them how to interact with each other. We need to teach them how to be in a group. Well, maybe your class comes in and they have almost all those skills. And instead of wasting like a whole week of time on routines and expectations, maybe they already have that in place and they just have a few holes. So I like the idea that you're almost assessing these social skills and these routines that they already know how to follow. So maybe you can like fast forward into the learning a little bit more quickly. Exactly. So we were talking about like even tape. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) it's kind of funny. I know teachers in the mind are thinking of kids like they can't cut it off. They are like wrapping it around. They're wasting all this tape. So I Mm -hmm. actually love that you're suggesting in some of these to use tape. But um, Sarah and I came up with actually a checklist that you can use, like an assessment checklist that, and this is for our E2E members. If you're an E2E member, just log into um, your membership at educatorstoeducators.com, log in there, and you'll have access to this interview. And under this interview, you'll see the downloadable for this assessment. We've basically come up with an assessment that you can look at the whole class as a whole 
and kind of rate them on various skills and then take notes for yourself. There's room to take notes there. Or you could do it by group too. If you put them in small groups, you could have an assessment checklist for each group, but it's a really good way for you to track quickly. Okay, this class has this, they don't have this. Um, so we've collaborated on that. And we've mm -hmm. also um, asked Sarah, I've asked Sarah to provide three activities. So this, we've given you the what, like what a STEM activity is. We've given you the why you should do this. And now the how, Sarah. So can you start off by telling us, I love this, the cup tower with a twist activity number one yes this is one of my favorite and i have taught it with all grade levels from kindergarten up through eighth grade you give them some red solo cups and you say go ahead and stack them into a tower without using your hands and there's almost always like the what that's impossible that can't be done um and then there's a few kids who get really creative and like put their elbows together and pinch the cups. And they're like, well, technically you didn't say we couldn't use our elbows. And I'm like, you're right. You are, you know, that meets the criteria. I love the creativity. Um, so you kind of let them flounder for a little bit. And then you offer up a tool and it's just a rubber band that you've tied four strings onto so that as you pull on the strings, as each student pulls in the opposite direction, it opens up the rubber band and then it drops it down over the cup. Then they can move that cup, stack it, and then in unison, they have to sort of let go of the rubber band by pulling back. So it's a really fun challenge once they sort of um, figure out how to use the tool and that it takes a lot of teamwork. Um, they are on a, on a roll and is stacking their tower as tall as they can. Now, do any students ever push back on you and say, well, I'm technically using my hands on the rubber band or on the strings, or do they kind of let that go? There's always one or two. Um, yeah. And you say, you know, this is a tool that I'm giving you to use. The criteria is you can't touch the cup with your hand. Yeah. So there are a few who are always trying to find that little, that little like uh, loophole in your directions. But yeah, yeah, I just redirect saying this is a tool you can use. Love it. <laughs> you always have that kid. And I probably was that kid, honestly, when I was younger, trying to kind of say, hey, now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So that's easy. So that costs you maybe a couple dollars for some solo cups, but I bet if you looked in your cupboards at home, you could find some leftover solo cups that yep. you could use. Um, okay. Talk to us about activity number two, the ping pong zip line races. I love this one because you really can use whatever materials are in your classroom. So set up two strings anywhere in your classroom at some sort of angle, obviously, so that the they can go down um, and then give them a bag of supplies. I usually do something like note cards, um, paper, paper clips, um, some sort of object that they can play around with the weight of their zip line. So you could do pennies or marbles. Literally, it's like kind of blocks if you have like math, those math manipulatives, anything you can really find in your classroom that you think that these students could get creative with, pipe cleaners, straws, etc. I usually tell them that they can't harm the ping pong in any way. Think of it as a passenger. You know, they can't stick the the um, the paper clip through it. Uh, you can't your your uh, your ping pong ball has to come in and out. So think about like creating an amusement ride, which is usually a topic on a lot of kids' minds after summer. They always talk about which Six Flags they went to. So I think they're kind of usually into this one. Yeah, give them time to create something. 
um, let them test it out on the zip line. And then at the end, have like side by side races um, and see who can create the fastest zip line. I love that. And just think of all the various things you could be looking at in those groups, right? Like, is there a student that, you know, gets super talkative that maybe in my mind, I'm like, is, was there a student that hasn't really been engaging much? And then all of a sudden you do an activity like this and they're lit up and they're loud and they're, you know, in, and I don't mean loud. I'm a loud person. I mean that actually in a good way. Like they're getting all of a sudden you see them light up and get really interested in the learning as an educator. I would definitely pay attention to little cues like that and take note. Yeah. And even seeing like who who really steps up to the plate as a leader, who is like a really good worker bee in their group, you know, oh, we need more tape. I'll go get some, you know, uh, you always kind of scope out how students work in a group. I absolutely agree. And I know we were even talking about early on, you need you need to rely on some of those leaders sometimes as a teacher when you don't know the class, like who maybe could I trust if there was an emergency and I needed someone, someone to the office or all of those things, you, it easily allows you to, I think on those first days of school, kids are trying 150% to be their best student. And like, you know, they're really, really putting out that effort. And so you want to be able to see early on what student might just need extra support from you. So I love that these activities bring that out. Talk to me about the pipe cleaner towers activity number three. This one I love because it gives them a little bit of uh, more of a STEM challenge in that like it's a real world problem that they're trying to solve. You ask them to build a tower with just 15 pipe cleaners, um, but as they start to work, you throw some roadblocks their way. So a few minutes into the challenge, you say, hey, guys, you know, your resources are running out. Now you can only work with one hand. And so everyone has to put a hand behind their back and they like try and figure out how to combine pipe cleaners, you know, twisting them together. They they have to work together because they can't just use their own two hands. So automatically you get like some really good teamwork going. And then a few minutes later, you throw another roadblock their way and say, oh my goodness, you know, like your company decided to invest with another, you know, off or offshore or like out of country um, supplier, all of your resources are back, but you're working in Italy and you guys can't communicate. So now everyone cannot talk. And it's so funny. They're like, what? We can't speak. And you, of course, get those kids who like, she said I couldn't speak. That it doesn't mean I can't like go mm, 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 and like start making these weird noises to communicate with their teams. And now they've got both their hands, but you've thrown in the inability to speak to one another. So you kind of see how creative they get with um, their team working then. And then the last roadblock, like about two minutes before, you say, oh, my goodness, business is booming. You have all your resources. You've hired translators. You can all communicate. You've got everything you need finish up your design. Um, And it's a really fun activity, especially with kids. You see how flexible they are with adults. We tend to like get stuck on a plan and finish that plan to the end, whether it does, whether it works or not. And it's really cool to see kids, especially with these roadblocks, see like, oh, well, this design's totally not working. Let's shift gears. Um, And so this is a really fun, I think this one really helps show persistence. Um, And you're going to sort of see um, 
what your students, especially at the beginning of the year, like you said, when they're on their best behavior and trying to be them their best selves, um, really how much stamina they have. And that will help inform as you move forward, you know, how, how long can you spend on a topic um, it might be a really good indicator for that. Yeah, I love it. So great. Okay, can you tell our listeners and our viewers, you have a free document that you're going to be sharing out. And can you tell us a little bit about that, those slides? Um, and I'll let everybody know where they can get that after you're done. Yeah, I'm such a Google slide person. And I every once in a while show my age and be like, it's a PowerPoint presentation. And the kids are like, huh? Um, <laughs> and so it's just a Google slide that basically walks you through that challenge. Um, and that is a really good visual to them to see you actually going through the engineering design process, which if we bring it all back to STEM, it's a way to introduce it and not necessarily have to teach it. And then it would make it much easier as you uh, reintroduce it later on throughout the school year. Perfect. And so you can find all of this information, all of Sarah's ideas and explanation of each activity and that Google slideshow, just head over to educatorstoeducators.com backslash blog. You can search all of the blogs. You can see our other blogs, but you're going to look for the blog post, three STEM activities teachers can use the first week of school. It's written by Sarah. And there you'll be able to download the slides that you can then just use right in your classroom. And then also right there at educatorstoeducators.com backslash slide backslash blog, um, you'll be able to, if you're an E2E member, get the link to get the freebie checklist that Sarah and I, an observation form that Sarah and I put together. And um, right there, you can sign up also to become an E2E member if you're interested. Again, that's $10 a month and we would love to have you. So Sarah, I am starting a new trend here on the E2E podcast with our guests. You know, I like to get right into the content at the beginning, but here at the end, I want to ask you some rapid fire questions. Sarah has not seen these questions. <laughs> um, so just say the first thing, you know, PG thing that comes to yes. your mind. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. What is something you were really good at good at as a kid or a teen? You kind of already answered this, but you might have another answer. Uh, yeah, I feel like artistic roller skating is kind of, you can't beat that answer. And either let's stick with it. <laughs> What's the most common food you order at a restaurant? Oh, I feel like uh, cacio e pepe. I can never turn down pepper and cheese. Um, that sounds really good. <laughs> Um, okay. This is a, this or that cheesecake or ice cream sundae? Ice cream sundae all day. Okay. There's a movie written about you. What's the title? Ooh. Uh, oh goodness. Um, quirky girl. Ooh, I like that. Something else just fell down in my office. What is happening? Okay. Okay. You have to pick one country to move to for the rest of your life, not the United States, which one? I think France. I could, All the pastries. The pastries I couldn't pass up. That sounds good. Okay. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Okay. Last one. Morning or evening? Ooh, I think I'm an evening person. Mm, awesome. Well, those are really fun. I'm going to remember from this interview a couple of things. One, artistic roller skating. Didn't know that it existed. <laughs> Two, um, that 
it is important for us as teachers, those of you that have been teaching for a while too, it's really easy at the beginning of the year to kind of do the same thing over and over, like shake it up, shake your students up, kind of shuffle things around and see what kind of behaviors come out of these types of activities. I love this idea, Sarah, of using STEM in the first week of school. Thanks so much for being a guest on the E2E podcast, and I hope you come back. Thanks for having me. This is awesome.